nerd. 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 I'm not kissing a nerd. What is a nerd? Nerd! Holy crap, are we nerdy? All right, welcome, Nerdables, to episode 104. This week, we are embracing the Batman. We're going to be talking all things Batman, our favorite encounters, and we're going to rank some of the villains and our favorite actors who played the, the Dark Knight. So joining me this week are Chris, Ethan, Sebastian, and Mikey. Welcome, guys. Hello. Hey. So let's just jump right in. Chris, what's your um, first time enjoying just jump Batman? jump right in. Yeah. We had, we had such a... I thought we already did this part. <laughs> yes, we skipped it because there was... <laughs> what was we'll the first time the... you enjoyed Batman. Well, it was a dark and stormy night. <laughs> he came to my door. What was the first time you became aware of Batman as a character? When he came to my door. <laughs> he was quite a character. Dressed up in a black suit, black cosplay type suit thing. Just... <laughs> this was before cosplay. <laughs> oh, it was nothing before cosplay. People used to cosplay. Um, is I think the first like awareness thing would probably be the Super Friends cartoon. And or Scooby Doo, I don't remember watching a lot of. I mean, I remember watching Scooby Doo a lot, but I don't specifically remember the Batman and Robin episodes. But <clears throat> that, and then seeing the the oh, Batman. You don't remember the the Batman one with the Globetrotters? No, I remember. I just I don't remember. Like, there's not a definitive point where I remember. Like, okay, that was the first the first thing that I saw. It's because not like the Super Friends came like out I remember, in the early '80s. Yeah, but it was still it was all in syndication and it was all jumbled up and right. you know I didn't watch a whole bunch of TV when I was a kid at least not in the afternoon I'm, I used to watch Scooby Doo when my parents came home. Gotcha. I'd watch it with my father and then uh, Father Knows Best, which is a very obscure cartoon that nobody seems to remember. Um, but that would probably be the first experience, and then you get into the '80s with the the Tim Burton movies. Um, when I was reading when I was reading comics as a kid, I was only reading like. Uh, license titles, G.I. Joe, Star Wars. Uh, and then I got into like Aliens vs. Predator and then Turtles and Yusagi Ojimbo. I wasn't really reading <clears throat> superhero titles at all. My friend Eric was reading Batman probably around the time that the movie, the, the first Burton movie came out. It was 88, I think? 80, uh, 89. 89. Yeah, 89. Um, so that was probably the first thing I remember reading his, uh, he had the Frank Miller hardcover collection. It's a really nice leather-bound book. And I read that, that had Year One and um, uh, Dark Knight Returns. I remember reading that. That was kind of like the first time I was like, okay, this is really good. And I started picking up issues here and there. But the biggest influence would be the the animated series. Yeah. I watched that almost every afternoon. And that kind of defined a lot of the things that we think of with Batman. Mm-hmm. It, the character's in it, too. It's why one of the reasons I watch Gotham and I don't like Bullock at all is because he's not the Bullock from the cartoon series. Right. You know, everyone's like, well, in the in the comic, he was he was a little crooked. And I'm like, but he wasn't in the cartoon series, so that... I have he was a lot life. crooked in the Tim Burton movie. Yeah. So, um, that would probably be it. And we talked about that last year when um, Kevin Smith talked about it at the WonderCon, mm-hmm. uh, Batman 75 panels, that that cultural touchstones, every generation has a different kind of entry point, a mass entry point, you know, 66 TV series, the Burton movies, and mm-hmm. the, the animated series, and then, um, you know, you go through stuff like that. So that'd probably be, those are my earliest. That's, that's what I can remember anyway. I don't, I don't have like a defining, you know, if you ask me the first comic I ever read, I know it. The first comic I ever bought for myself, I know it. But the Batman one, the, the first Batman comic I remember reading is year one. So. Yeah. 
And it's still my favorite of all time. Ethan, how about you? My first introduction with Batman. Uh, I don't know. Bruce, this is Ethan. Ethan, this is Bruce. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if it was either the watching the 66 TV series on syndication or the animated series when it was uh, originally uh, produced. So I'm not sure which one I saw first. Um, but I remember, you know, Did you see them both at the same time? Probably, uh, it was like around... Were you confused why in the animated series when you hit someone it didn't say, kapow! (laughs) (laughs) Why is he wearing black? Zork. Zork. (laughs) Zoink. (laughs) No, yeah. Where's Robin? I think, I think when I was a lot younger that was all on syndication with like Nickelodeon and TV Land and all that stuff. So I watched those a lot. Um, but I knew, the one that... Uh, I remember the most was the animated series. Yeah. Sebastian? Uh, <coughs> animated series as a kid was the big one, and also the Tim Burton movies, because mm-hmm. my dad had them on uh, VHS. But What is a VHS? <laughs> well, back in the days when they used to store video and audio on magnetic tape. What? They put it into a cartridge. How do you, how do you steal that from the internet? A friend of oh. mine had a Betamax. Yeah, we also had Betamax as well. We started with, we started with Beta <laughs> and LaserDisc. And a, we had LaserDisc at home too. <laughs> we started with Beta and it laser. had a and it had a wired remote. Yeah, a re- yeah. Like, a, like an old video game controller goes all the way down. It was just like a block. That <laughs> Ours was a little bit thinner, but yeah, it, it had like three buttons on it. Small, yeah, and it had like a little. It looked like a little headphone jack. Exactly, like three and a half millimeter. Uh, but comics wise, uh, I like a lot of. Like my, I know my first comic. Like my first comic ever was Green Lantern two twenty two, but for Batman it was probably uh, when toy stores used to sell like the bundle. Right like, here's ten bucks and it's like fifty comics, twenty five comics, and in there were a couple Nightfall issues. That was one of the first comics I ever read of Batman. Uh, but it, I mean, it was I think it was like Nightfall, like like seven and eleven, just mm-hmm. rando. Damn it. I gotta get all these other yeah. stupid <laughs> them and you still kind of understood what was going on. You I still did, enjoyed yeah. them. It's not yeah, like it's, they were still fun. And then beyond that, probably getting one of like the greatest Batman story ever told collections at the library. That's and, cool. And reading like Laughing Fish. What is a what is a library? <laughs> well it's a big brick building you where see, they store books and hobos be there. <laughs> We're it's, back when we had bathrooms for the hobos now. How do you steal stuff from the library? That's you, the you thing. You put it in your They're jacket. They're free. <gasps> <gasps> Lisa, we can't afford all these books. As long as We're just borrowing them. them, Bart. Sure, borrowing them. Gotcha. <laughs> How about you, Mikey? Uh, I think I saw the Batman 66 reruns before the Batman uh, 89 movie. And then after Batman 89, I went out and I think I got like Four comic books. There's three Batman and uh, Star Trek Undiscovered Country adaptation. And those were my first four comics. It was like the 400, 415, 16, and 17 issues. And I still have them. So and that made me want to get all the rest of the 400s. Sweet. I have all the 400s. So. I think mine has to be the uh, Scooby-Doo when Batman and Robin would come on. I think it was with one episode with Shelley Winters or it might have been the Globetrotters one was like the first one. And then they used to, after they had stopped showing the 66, they had started showing the Batman movie. You'd see that on TV all the time. And that was like the first live action I'd seen of Batman. Like the 66 movie. Yeah. And so that was, those were my introductions into Batman. And then, of course, the Tim Burton movie and the animated series. And I remember seeing the movie at the library. (laughs) 
when I was older. <laughs> like, it just had a cut, you know, like the library had a movie night or whatever. Oh. Go see it. Because that's the one. Isn't so the you, one saw, the you saw the movie on VHS at the library. Probably. Wow. Or no, it might have even been like a film projector. I, mean, I, don't, I don't even remember. I mean, it was a long time. It was when the Newbury Park Library was this, like, box. Yeah. It was this little tiny thing that was in the parking lot of, uh, it was in the, the parking Sears. lot of, no, it was in the parking lot of the middle school. Uh, it was but in the, the parking great, lot of Sequoia. The great thing about a, the, yeah. a single oh. building in the parking lot of Jesus. Sequoia, that was a library. Wow. And Before they was, built that, that branch? Yeah. And then they built the huge, big, huge branch when that used to be a Ralph's and then the Ralph's went out. This has been Newbury Park Memories with Chris. <laughs> uh, many, many years <laughs> ago, know. that, that center where the, that used to be Burt's Pharmacy. Yeah, Burt's Pharmacy, and it was a the, the middle was a grocery store. I don't huh. remember what it came after the grocery store, but then it was nothing. Like the for pharmacy? Years. No, the pharmacy's Burt's, isn't it? No, the pharmacy's Burt's. Burt and Burt's is where I bought my first comic. <laughs> so yeah, and then there was also the Super Friends cartoon, which was which was like, almost felt like a carryover from when you saw Batman on Scooby Doo. Meanwhile, I don't remember watching any of that when I was young. I don't remember any of it, like specifically. I remember seeing it because I remember the Wonder Twins. Um, Form of uselessness. Uh, (laughs) The Legion of Doom used to come out of the swamp. Yeah, and you remember the Hall of Justice and the 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 Star Wipe and everything with it. Like, so Mm -hmm. I knew it existed, but I couldn't tell you. I I could not tell you a specific episode. Like, I know more of the way that the Harvey Birdman did it than. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Enoch Chuck. Um, so, Apache um, Chief cannot grow. So, what was the first time that you was the first time that you saw Batman when you started liking Batman, or did that come later on? Or did you first time see it was like, oh, this is cheesy, or this is stupid? I mean, I guess if you saw the animated series first, you're not going to go, oh, this is cheesy. But if you saw some of the 66 stuff, then probably you're going to think 60, it's cheesy. Well, what the 66 stuff, 66 stuff was when I was like, you know, six or seven. Yeah, so back that then, was, that was like awesome to me. Yeah, I was like, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. They used to do it on like TV Land really, yeah. really yeah. late like at night. Like Nickelodeon. They had yeah. Naked Night. They had yeah, it used, to be, it used to be on local syndication. TBS used was, to show it all the time. Right. And well, I, yeah, and I never had any of those channels. It was when it was before like everything on Channel Nine and Channel Five were either talk shows or infomercials. Right. So they used to just need to fill that whole morning with stuff, and so they would be like the Batman sixty six, much like the GI Joe cartoon. Though even when I was a kid, I'm like, this is dumb. Yeah. And not in a, like this is dumb, and I hate it. It was just like this is dumb. It's just it's still, you look dumb. Yeah. GI Joe, and you're like, this oh is stupid. God. But when I was I sick, enjoy because it's... I didn't necessarily enjoy it. Like it was. It's oh, topic. I did. Oh, no. I, I oh, always I knew it was stupid. I hated the stories. It was always I wanted more. Like, I'm just, these are uh, dumb and everything. But to, it ins- was that after you had already started reading G.I. Joe comics? Though? Yes, because oh. the comic came first. Okay. Um, the comic was uh, the comic had come before. But see, I never read G.I. Joe as a, as a comic yeah, book so as you a kid. Did, so. you, you didn't know the potential <coughs> right. of it being not, like, super serious, but taken more seriously than right. the cartoon. That's why, I I mean, love, I'm, that's why I love Resolute. Yeah, the, 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 the comic... It's way off topic, but the, the, watching the TV series, you're like, "I'm Gung Ho can't fly a fucking Sky Striker." You know, he's not he's not qualified. He's right. not a fixed wing pilot. He's a marine. It will just be stuff like that. But see, it's not really you off take topic it too seriously. If you look at it, that was that was the catalyst for for uh, Frank Miller to write the Dark Knight Returns. Well, it's was because he wanted to have a more serious Batman. Well, he wrote he he wrote Year One because yes, it, yes, it was a little bit. As you go through it, you have Batman 66 becomes the, the, the influence. DC looks at it and says, if most of the people in America recognize Batman because of the silly TV series, maybe we should make the comic more like that. But it never went down to this road where it was just 
dumb. And you got to remember, even after that, in the 70s, you have Neil Adams doing amazing art on mm-hmm. it. It was always, it was never taken to be that stupid. Right. When Frank Miller took over, it wasn't even just a sense of Batman. It was a sense of comics in general of them going, they're trying to get out of the, hey, this is just for five-year-old stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. And I so, mean, it's comic history, too. Yeah, but, uh, Marvel when, was doing the same thing. Yeah, when the comics code uh, was enacted... After uh, you know, essentially during the Red Scare, right? And uh, when they did the comics code, they became a self-governing body. They had crazy rules like no monsters. Mm-hmm. You know, all uh, all superheroes had uh, respect authority and local police forces. There was no casting. They, there was no uh, no. Well, well mean, that's the thing. But, I mean, you no, have basic no rules. The villain yes. could never win. Right. Yeah. To go, what what Sebastian's talking about is farther than something like the FCC is basically saying: don't so don't show any boobs and don't say the f word. This was not only don't show anything that's questionable, you're bound by rules to say that Superman can't question the president of the United States. Right. right. If you're in the 1960s and the 1970s, you have Superman sitting at the White House looking at John F. Kennedy and going, hey, you know, this whole Bay of Pigs thing, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. The Comics Code looks at that and says, you can't, you can't publish it. that. And, and by, because the time, the government by the time you got that, exactly, yeah, yeah. You, can't, you, can't, you couldn't publish anything subversive at all. Right. right. So as you got farther and farther... The Dark Knight Returns would have never been a code comic because you have, you basically have Superman in the thrall of a Ronald Reagan who's in his thirtieth term as president. The whole second half of that is is a huge deconstruction of where Frank Miller thought our America was going, which is kind of funny because where he ended up um, <laughs> right. probably would have liked Reagan a lot more. Um, but the, the whole second half of it, his his satire is in. Superman being a stooge of the American government and mm-hmm. talking about how in comics themselves, the Justice League, the Avengers, these are all, you know, governing body sanctioned heroes that are just doing the thrall of the status quo world order. Right. And that led to a whole new group of stories in which there right. were things like Justice League International, where they're a private corporation run Justice League instead of being enthralled to a government. Like what was worse being, Beholden to the Americans, being beholden to the United Nations, or being beholden to Maxwell Lord. That the, all of this stuff kind of bubbled up at that same time in the eighties as we were starting to question what was going on. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and corporations and, run. Yeah. Right. The different way that you would you would you would do that subversive counterculture anti government stuff than you did in the seventies or you did in the sixties. This was the way it came out in the eighties. Right. Especially because the comics code's power started to wane late 60s, early 70s. Because then you got, like, Neil Adams doing stories about drugs. But they talk about how hard it was to do those stories because they had to sort of fight, like, it's not a pro-drug story. Yeah, right. It's an anti... You know, and it's the whole Green Arrow. Yeah, Stan Lee even did the same thing when he did his drug issues for Spider-Man and they mm-hmm. printed them without the approval. I mean, Marv Wolfman, I think, I, I, uh, tells a story about how uh, they had mentioned his name in one of the letters, like, you know, like sort of the, the, the afterword of the book, talking about some of the upcoming stuff. We got a new writer, and the Comics Code almost didn't print the book because they said, hey, you got reference to Wolfman in this. Right. Mm-hmm. And, he, yeah. and they had to sort of go, like, no, it, that's his name. His... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, speaking of, since we're on the topic of stories, what's everyone's favorite story? Like of all time. well, that's that's a, that's a Batman a, story. That, that's a that's a tough one. Like like this because I don't know like kind of range because there there are Batman greats and then there are like mm-hmm. personal favorites. Well, there's uh, your personal. I think it's, I think it's a personal personal thing. favorite. I mean, if it's personal for me, it's Batman Year One. Okay, and it's been there for a long time. It was Dark Knight Returns for a long time. It was so different than anything I read. <laughs> but as I kept going, I realized that 
how much I loved year one and that story of his beginnings and just the, the style and the tone and the execution of that to me is my favorite. It's my favorite Batman story. It's my favorite Batman comic. It'd probably be my favorite Batman story. Um, I don't have anything else that I would see. I'd go, okay, you know, this is, but you obviously have favorites in different things. You'd have a favorite TV episode, you'd right. have a favorite yeah. movie, you'd have a favorite, you know, my favorite movie is the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze because <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, chill. <laughs> okay, Ethan, what's your favorite story? Batman. <laughs> from the, I can't think of one from the comics. What well, is it? Doesn't have any journal, right? Huh? Batman Eternal number one. Did you ever well, finish it? Was, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's a different story. Person, you're the only person that finished Batman Eternal. No, no, I read no, 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 Batman no. Eternal. I didn't finish it. I, <laughs> I, let's put it this way. I've bought all the issues, but I, I think I've bought, only read like the first three. But, no, uh, you might want to get on that. Like, yeah, I know, right? So what's your, okay, your Batman, your favorite Batman story of all time, whether it's TV, movie, comic book. It was a dark and stormy night. <laughs> Chris's Tales. <laughs> Uh, there, it always comes back to. I remember there was a um, a storyline with on the animated series that Batman had with Clayface, and that one always sticks out whenever I think of the TV shows. I think it was one of my favorite episodes because it was just such. Um, when Clayface div- was created, or Feet of Clay, yeah. the Feet of Clay was yeah. the first appearance of Clayface on the yeah. show. It's, it's an amazing episode because it just seems like it was so difficult for Batman. You know, like it was like a guy that was basically giving him a challenge for the first time, and for him to overcome that, I think that that one sticks out to me the most when I think of my favorite Batman story. And also the idea of legacy because he's a guy whose life is ruined, and it's you know mm-hmm. a story of essentially drug addiction, mm-hmm. and you know his career is over after his car accident. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's an amazing episode, and then he gets turned into Clayface, and yeah. it's it's that, and it's, it's I think it's a two-parter too. It is. Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite, Sebastian? Uh, animated series uh, for me is uh, Heart of Ice. The Mr. Freeze episodes because that's the first time Mr. Freeze exactly wow, wow. It, I take that it back it's my favorite Batman it's future <laughs> Batman by future animation. Batman <laughs> um, mostly because I think it was like Feet of Clay is my number two but I think it's the first time like especially as a kid like getting an episode where you can sympathize with I suppose someone who's a villain mm-hmm. or at least an anti-hero in the episode and because you know characters like the Joker they're completely unsympathetic they're not mm-hmm. supposed to be. They're supposed to be sort of that opposite side of the mm-hmm. coin for Batman. But Mr. Freeze is a yeah, guy... That's one of the problems with the Joker now. Is really like, no, I can really understand his character. That's not the point. <laughs> You're, You're crazy. Stop to. it. Yeah. yeah. No, I totally He's pretty much my with, favorite uh, DC Sebastian. character. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the first time I think, like, you know, like, you're a little kid and you, like, you feel for characters and mm-hmm. cartoons and movies and stuff and you get caught up in the moment. But something like Mr. Freeze where... I, I think you, you like the show overall is just a lesson in good storytelling because mm-hmm. I don't think there's a single unwatchable episode of Batman the Animated Series. It's completely consistent through its entire mm-hmm. run. And through the entire Timverse, too, when you get into Superman the Animated Series right. and Justice mm-hmm. League. And but is this your favorite movie. Batman story for comic books? Comic and... books would be The Long Halloween. I think, and I, for me, it's simply that because it's... What? The... But Jeff Loeb sucks. I roll. <laughs> uh, mostly because I think it's the one Batman story that I can, like, out of all of them that I have, that I can just pick up and read that's and, my favorite story and that's exactly why yeah I, and and not you know and it doesn't matter when you sort of know the twists and turns it's just like the art is gorgeous mm-hmm. the writing is consistent 
And it's one of the few books where I like you can hear, at least for me, the animated series versions yes. of the characters mm-hmm. in your head. Oh, you should read Scott Snyder's run, but have it in Dedic Bader's voice from The Brave and the Bold. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's I, amazing. I remember when I was working at the shop, we talked about that, <laughs> and it's amazing. When he told me that, after I started watching The Brave and the Bold, I couldn't look at it the same way again. I was like, oh, we'll talk about you, that Chris. Mr. Freeze, <laughs> we got to get out of here. <laughs> Mikey, what's your Justice favorite? Justice take a car in Court of Owls. Story of all time. The Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Lo, Batman then said unto the people of Gotham. On the seventh day, Batman created. Batman rested. For he does not work on Sundays. Well, if he didn't work on Sundays, then that's a good end for all the criminals. <laughs> all right, guys, here's what we're going to do. We're going to rob the bank on Sundays. Why? It's not even open. But Batman's not going to stop us. Oh, okay. How are we going to get in? Doesn't matter. We'll just knock on the door. It's not like the cops around here do anything. <laughs> they all rely on Batman. <laughs> nah, you see. I enjoyed the Batman Beyond uh, Return of the Joker. Nice. But I didn't yeah. like when I was a kid. I didn't really care about the Batman the animated series. I mean, I it's like too mainstream now. for you. Well, no, I just didn't like it compared to <laughs> the other <laughs> schlocky shit that was out there. But um, what are you watching the, instead of Batman? It, it was well, too mainstream. Di- it was all the Disney stuff that came out at that time. It was. Because it was on during the afternoon, I think, mm-hmm. when I came home from school, and I never Darkling watched that. Like, and... I don't know, for something something about it that I just there weren't enough, yeah, there just, weren't enough ducks in it at the time. There was enough. There was no animals. <laughs> there, there I got Rescue the, Rangers. I got Darkwing Duck, and I got yeah. Ducktail. So if it's not a, it's not an animal. <laughs> Tailspin, all that. Shit. But so he's the Batman, I, I the man bat episodes are your favorite episode. This is what I'm talking about. There's a creature in this. Nah, I just didn't like the tone at the time, but in now, going back and watching those episodes, and after reading, knowing all the characters that exist in the universe, I was like, yeah, that's cool. You see Matches Malone or anything like that. Um, I still just remember the Crash and Burn issue that I had. The, I don't know. It was the 400 issue, one of the early ones that I picked up. So, And I read that a lot. So. I don't know if that's necessarily my favorite now. but <laughs> What's your favorite now? I don't fucking know. I, I don't have. I try not to have favorites of anything, so I just put everything in the same boat. Which, which one? So, which so one? Pro, pro, so progresses that way. Of the Batman, don't ask me to choose. Uh, of all the of the Batman material out there, what is the one Batman story or arc that you can reread or, or enjoy multiple times? That's the thing. I, you, I haven't gotten to the point of rereading anything. <laughs> so I read new, it, man. I read it. I know I've read it. I know the story. Obviously, you have. The saying of oh, it doesn't matter as long as you read it, but you already know the fucking ending. <laughs> so I mean, movies are different because it's a visual <laughs> medium. Comics but, are visual. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then let's go right into it. What's motion? your favorite Batman movie? I'll go Burton. Uh, no, the eighty nine Batman. Uh, Michael Keaton. Chris. I like Michael Keaton as Batman. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Christian Bale is a good Batman, but. I just I can't take him as Bruce Wayne. <laughs> I, I perfectly take him as Bruce Wayne, more so than Batman. But I just doesn't look like Bruce Wayne to me. Um, it'd probably be Dark Knight. It's just that movie to me succeeds on so many levels, despite Christopher Nolan hate because out there nobody does this. And I, yes, it does a lot of things wrong. That I've, like I've said, you, you, there's a you forgive a film that you enjoy for something that seems out of place for stylistic reasons. You know, right. the, the bus coming out of the bank. 
<laughs> with a bus behind it going, uh... Why is that bus covered in rubble? Hey, yeah. hey <laughs> Jim. Hey, Jim. Yeah, it's Bob back here in bus 382. That's <laughs> no... So, uh, this bus... Yeah, the one in front of me. It's right behind you. It pulled out... <laughs> no, it just pulled right out of the bank and just joined the... Hey, you think maybe... Yeah, we, maybe we should call the cops. Maybe we should let somebody know... <laughs> that bus don't got no kids This on bus it. just pulled out and just became... Part of the line. Part of the line. But it looks cool, and when you get to the end of the film, you're like, all right, I had a great time. And well, ah, but there's a... what if the line of buses were part of their bus? What if there was part of their gang? Well, He wasted so much money. Yeah. Then, then the bus, the bus at the end was the waits for the Joker to get yeah. onto <laughs> the, 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 the missing scene is him paying out everything they stole from the bank to all these different bus drivers <laughs> for being a part of the lineup. It's, it's, yeah, well, it's also... How know, much did we make away with Joker? Uh, five bucks. That's it's like, well, we it's get. also, he's in the hospital Let's get a happy in meal. his Joker makeup, and it's like, yeah. it's like hot, nurses in general are right. pretty observant people. They're going to notice... Well, they're lady, running not away, even, trying to get even, out of the city or whatever. Not even in scrubs, you know, in a just well, a cheesy... A classic old nurse. nurse it was. It's like a 1950s yeah, nurse. No, but no, the biggest sin is like it, he basically does the whole bus thing over again in Dark Knight Rises where he robs Wall Street... And Wall Street only operates until 3 o'clock in the yeah. afternoon on the <laughs> East Coast. And he goes in, and it's bright daylight. There's two guys who even say, like, they're going to go to lunch. And then they leave the building. It's dusk, and they have <laughs> well, a see, chase. Well, see, they moved Gotham to the West Coast. Back. <laughs> or yeah, no, they, they moved it. Their heist takes 15 minutes in the building. It's already nighttime. And then in the motorcycle chase, it's like 3 in the evening. Well, well, you didn't see Rip Hunter, so... so... The reason it was so bright was because the sun was reflecting off the other buildings. At 3 in the afternoon. Yes. yes. Well, they're in the, same, they're in the same universe that takes Magneto at least 9 hours to move the, <laughs> the Golden Gate Bridge yes, so. in X-Men 3. So but Ethan, anyway, yes, Dark Knight. Ruth. Ethan, your favorite? Dark Knight? Dark Knight uh, <laughs> Batman Returns for me. Batman Returns, the weirdest, like, it's one of those movies that, like, like as much as I like the 89 one, but, like, Michael Keaton, my favorite on-screen Batman, but, because I like him as Batman, and I think the stories, they have, they do have this sort of Frank Milleriness. Mm-hmm. but then once you get to Batman Returns, you actually get to see Tim Burton doing his Batman, because when mm-hmm. he was doing the original Batman, he's like, Killing Joke, right. Dark Knight Returns, that's my inspiration, but then the level of comfort he has with telling a Batman story, and you get to see that in Dark in, in Batman Returns, and it's that's so very much weird. A Tim Burton film. Yeah, it's a Tim Burton. It's Tim. It's First act- one's not as much. Yeah, the yeah, second one is a Tim Burton film starring. It, yeah, it's yeah. it's and Tim then everything Burton else and Batman, is and it's John so Schumacher. weird, yeah. and it's just and I mean the story's really concise. It's really well edited. Yeah, Stan Winston's makeup in that movie is top notch. One problem design. I have with that film. Well, the problem I have with that film that made me not like that film is you go through this film and you're spending like 45 minutes setting up Batman as being like perceived as the villain by by Gotham. And then there's just like a little radio call, you know, something he plays and that was it. Everyone's like, "Oh no, no, okay, Batman's good. Batman's on our side." Cobalt's bad. Yeah, all right, we get it. So it was just it was well, yeah, it's, he exposes the plan of yeah. like I'm stealing the children and I'm going to yeah. drown them all in sewers. I haven't sewers. seen that movie. It's, and it's also just it's just so like again it's 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 an it's a good it's Tim definitely Burton movie. a Tim Burton movie, and that's what I think I enjoy about it the most. I mean, because like when you play yeah, like Kevin Conroy in Batman the Animated Series, like that's my that's my yeah, I think it's a lot of people. That's my epitome. mark oh, yeah. of like the best Batman anything consistently. Yeah, and you know, it's not George what about, what about Joker? Joker. Then, Best Joker, Hamill? Mark Hamill Joker. Yeah. I because it, like for me it's like like they all run the gamut of like just having. You know, you've got like the Caesar Romero Joker, and they all have their yeah, highs yeah. and lows. But I don't look at like the Chris Nolan, the 
Chris Nolan Joker as actually the Joker. He's just a really good Chris Nolan villain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I love the the Dark Knight's my favorite, but it's not. It has nothing to do with Batman at all. It it's, a, it's, well, it's, it's a, well, and that thing about I think the reason why people like the Dark Knight so much is that it's not Batman at all. It's just a heist movie mm-hmm. with the trappings of the Batman universe. Well, that's what we've, we've always said. We've said this multiple times. And that's not show. a bad thing at all. That's the whole Ant Man. Right, we, we, it's we, a heist that, movie, yeah. and we're using Marvel characters. Right. I think I think Nolan's films to certain degree. Like one of my biggest Batman influences is probably the first time I read Batman consistently was Morrison's JLA, and the way that Morrison wrote Bruce was he's always he's he's the answer man. Mm-hmm. He's you're you're on a team in which Superman is a god among gods, and then Batman's basically his right-hand man who knows everything. The very first Morrison story is the the six members of the Justice League, six of the most powerful individuals in the DC universe, are defeated by this new team, and Batman f- defeats them almost single-handedly. Right. And that set up the way that he writes Batman. There's, the, there's a later story in which Wally is looking at the team and going, okay, this is check this out. This is the part right here. This is where Bruce figures it out. And he says like one word, and then he, he, he gets basically teleported away. He gets abducted. And everyone's like, oh, wait, what do we do now? Batman's <laughs> not here. Bruce isn't here. What the hell do we do? So a lot of my what I enjoy in that Batman persona, in that aura of Batman, is influenced by the way Morrison wrote him in the JLA series. And I think you see some of that in in Nolan's work. It's just it's the argument at the end when people are just like, well, how did he get from tons of you to Gotham so quickly? Because he's fucking Batman. Yeah. Well, I know, but what did he, he's fucking Batman. Well, could he have to get on a plane? Yes, who cares? He's got a Batman. He would have figured it out. He he's has his own plane. Yeah. He takes a private jet. He would have, he faster. can stow away. I'm sure Batman can figure out how to forge enough documentation to get on a Lufthansa airliner and get to, back to America. He's got teleporters on the Justice Yeah, whatever. Satellite. I don't care. That's, I mean, matter. that's the thing. When Again, if you don't, if you enjoy the story, I'm, I'm, I like Dark Knight Rises. It's not my favorite, but I enjoy it <laughs> enough to forgive its shortcomings where people I thought just went after it so hard and then right. you start nitpicking those little pieces and what I did with Iron Man 3 well that's what I've always said with movies is like if it's enjoyable enough to while you're watching it and you're immersed in it you let go of like what Chris was saying you let go of these little tiny things that you're just like well that's stupid you except know? for the other guys right you except just, you well, don't no, let it go no because that entire movie was but this is like I said this thing. was very difficult for Ethan because he's only seen like six films <laughs> But you don't let go of those nitpicky things. No. They're still in you. You just don't express them because right. you don't want to ruin the moment until later down the line and you do a podcast and you start nitpicking <laughs> yeah. movies. Well, and you're so. like, I'm nitpicking stuff I enjoy. I mean, is- well, especially for movies for me, it, uh, like my sort of rule of thumb is like, if if my acceptance of the movie isn't, you know, like the suspension of disbelief, it doesn't, if it doesn't happen at any point in the movie, that doesn't really make a good movie for me, especially because something like Dark Knight Rises, for me that was a movie like, Dark Knight, like, yeah, I like the movie, and I can sit there, and it's like, well, that's kind of weird, and that's kind of weird, but I don't really think of it. But if I'm sitting down in the movie, it's like, why did he do that? Yeah. And why, and, because, like, for me, like, they, they do this, like, weird scene where he has, like, it's like, yo, I'm old, but look at me put on these cybernetic implants on my legs and arms, and I can kick through brick pillars, and I go, oh, good, he's gonna get ready to fight Bane, and then, like, it's like, you can kick through a brick wall, why don't you just kick a hole in his chest, Batman? <laughs> well, that's, yeah, I mean, there's, there's something, the, the, this, the brace thing, it was very um, Dark Knight, uh, um, Batman the Dark Knight, the comic book. Right, and it's uh, one of those things where, like... Inspired, because like, that's what he has. He yeah, because I, like, that's, that's and... awesome, I'm geared up for this gonna be epic fight, you know, like, Batman's gonna get a little bit of that extra power, 
and then it's not acknowledged. Well, the suit's really heavy. No, I, I mean, I have that problem in a lot of different yeah. different things. I have a, a problem in a lot of comics where it's like, if you have Superman who can punch the planet into two, why does he fall backwards when he gets hit with a bus? You know, Brazaro picks up a bus and throws it at him. It's just a bus. It should right. disintegrate around him. Star Wars, you know, you have Anakin Skywalker in the Clone Wars cartoon be able to manipulate the smallest of pieces. He can tear, take apart a lightsaber and all its individual pieces with his fingers, but someone shows up and puts, you know, the, the classic hostage situation of putting someone in front of him with a gun to its head, and Anakin just drops his saber like, I don't know what to do. I can't yeah, rip the gun like out he, of his it's hand. It's not like he can't just make the gun. Just yeah, it's not like I can turn off his effing mind. I mean, it's, it's again, it's... The, the power level, you adjust your power levels of your characters to fit what you want to do. Yep. If you want Superman oh, yeah. to fall through a building, when Bizarro hits him with a car, the car somehow moves Superman a thousand feet in one direction right. when he can fly through a mountain. Well, it's right. also thinking like, you know, Superman wasn't prepared for it, so he didn't brace himself. Therefore, he gets We're knocked. We're standing there watching like, him. Yeah. He's there. got super hypersensitivities here. And, and Again, it's also, you know, talk about, he's got supervision. He's, he's going to see Bizarro like, me not pick up Volkswagen Beetle, me not hit Superman with it. And then he hits him, and then he goes halfway across Metropolis when he got hit by a bug. That's like no, the bug would. I mean, you just would have been standing there. You hit him with a bug. All the all that metal in the bug or plastic or whatever it's made out of now is going to just bend around him, and he's just going to be standing there like what? This is this is nothing. And that's why I think they. Well, I think they resolved that issue when they did uh, super like you know what's so great about truth, justice, and the American way, where they talk about where Superman basically says like. I let buses hit me because I know there may be people inside, so I gotta take the impact. I can't stand there. Yeah, you know, the, and he does like that ultimate. The car power. was fueled by cryptoethylene, and that's how. It, but no, that, that, is that what it's called nowadays? It's cryptoethylene, yes. But yeah, but they've or done ethanol. those sort of like silly explanations where it's like, it's like, no, I have to take the impact because if there's people on the bus, they're just gonna. Yeah, it's, they're it's gonna like be that makes in, more sense. They're gonna visually, be yeah, into visually, you want to put him into some sort of danger, but, but you yeah. could do, but you could do like an issue, like because they did that. He sort of did go like that Super Saiyan Goku, like people just punching him and nothing happening. Yeah, and it's like, it's like, oh, you finally get to see Superman if he's actually enforcing his maximum. Yeah, even like the, you shoot the, him with a Tommy gun for 45 minutes, nothing happens. Yeah. You throw the Tommy gun at him, and he falls over unconscious. It's kind of, well, do you think that's one reason why Batman is so much more popular than Superman? Because he is human, and he can get hurt, and he has... I don't see, <laughs> I had a, I don't see Batman being more popular than Superman. Oh, yes, he is. Yeah? Well, All I, by I, leaps and bounds. Batman has been voted as the most popular comic book but, character but I think, in history. I, I, but I think on a, there's a different... Like, comic book fans, they probably like... They like Batman more. You know, there's no question. I think culturally, I mean, that's that's something that's pretty much impossible to quantify. Because I think, the, yeah. Because people, people love the ideals of Superman. Yes. People love when, the ideals When you're of talking about what... Superman stands for and that sort of thing. If you're not reading the stories, it also helps that Batman has a uh, Batman is like Daredevil for for um, Marvel in that there is just an unconscionably amazing array of artists and writers mm-hmm. who have been able to to uh, tell Batman stories, and it speaks to the character that you created. That so many people can find interesting ways to get into that character. People want to write him not because, oh, Batman, well, the kids love Batman, so I want to write Batman. It's, I like Batman. I've enjoyed Batman as a creator, and I want to put my stamp on it. Yeah. You and know, Jeff Loeb, when he went to DC, he wanted to write Batman. And right. he eventually got to be, you know, he got the chance to do it. And he did Superman as well, and he did... He did he, Superman, he did the best, he did my favorite Superman story. Superman for um, All Seasons is easily yeah. one of my tops. But I, it's interesting, I, I, had, we had, I had a conversation with one of, uh, when I used to work at the shop, one of the, uh, co-workers at the time and we we're both talking about it 
and we sort of talked about how people sort of go like, oh, Batman is the more relatable of the two. And I go like, how? And we sort of had this idea. It's like, yeah, we like Batman, but we sort of never like. I still don't understand when they say relatable because like, it's like I'm not a billionaire. Relatable and, is the stupidest buzzword. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but you can. It say, is. My parents didn't get shot in an alleyway. You know, I'm I'm not clinically <laughs> the, insane. That's that that uh, what is that DMX meme? You're like, well, we heard you like Batman, so like, we went and shot your parents. <laughs> You know, see. And for me, like a character like <laughs> Superman is far more relatable, and it's beyond the powers. It's, it's like, I don't. Superman has parents who love him. Mm. He's overall a good person and who tries to do the right thing. It's like I can't, like I can't relate. That's... I can't relate to a man who has OCD on the level of like foregoing an entire lifetime to but fight see... oh, an unwinnable war on crime. At least Superman knows when he needs to take a day off. Well, the difference like I always say the difference between Batman and Superman is. For Superman, he needs to be Superman, but he wants to be Clark Kent. Yes. Bruce needs to be Bruce, but wants to be Batman. Right. That's the way I've always put it is right. the difference. If if Bruce could give up the Bruce Wayne persona and just be Batman full time, he would do it. Right. right. Because he doesn't allow himself a lot of the trappings of a real life. The and other it, way around, and Clark not, allows himself to have a job. To, yeah. He allows himself to have a girlfriend and then a wife and the older continuity. He allows himself to have those friends, those people that are close to him, yeah, who aren't a part of his... You know, Jimmy, for the most part, is not a part of his crime-fighting you know, contingency. Batman's friends are his fellow crime-fighters. Batman's friends are people that also go and punch up villains and stuff like that. Right. Bruce's well, friends are writes, Batman's friends. Yeah. And depending Clark's on who friends Batman, are not then. Superman's Depending friends. on right. who writes Batman, though... He doesn't consider them friends. Exactly. And I, it's not Which even I so much... So I'm tired of. Oh. Yeah, and it's not even so much that he needs to be Batman or can't, or can't you know, need, wants to be Bruce. I, like, depending on who writes him, he just can't. There's, he doesn't have the psychological component anymore to do so. Right, what's well, it? Needs, needs and wants. Yeah, needs versus... to be... Yeah. Batman is... Well, he is know, Batman. Versus someone like Superman who, like... You Bruce, know, like, Bruce is the secret. And right. Superman is the secret for Clark. Yeah, Clark, yeah, because Clark is... Clark, Superman is Clark Kent. The best Clark Kent stories are, I just want to stay home. Yeah. I just want to take care of my wife. I just want to write... Pulitzer Prize winning stories. I want to be able to help people. I want to be a normal. And I have, but, the, and what, I, and I have the power to do so. I too, have so this I power. I have a responsibility right. to protect mm-hmm. everyone from the entire planet as a whole to a kid down the street. Bruce is the other way around right. to me. Bruce is like, I have no choice. I have to use all my money. I have to use... All, I mean, he's he goes out to be... he goes out to be Batman. He's like, I'm going to train myself. I'm going to spend years away from home. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use my money to buy Batmobiles and, and Batplanes I have to, I have to say like one that. thing about the, the Gotham, the new, the new season of Gotham, the little bit that they had Bruce in it, it, you get that feeling from Bruce as a kid that you can see that he had, feels he has no choice but to do this and that you can already get the, those seeds that, right. you know, which that to me that's the only redeeming quality of the show well, right now. Even in the first season, for as little as I like the show, the Bruce and Alfred stuff was always some of the really good stuff. You know, even if it's like that two minutes. Mm-hmm. But for me, like the you know again, it's like the greatest moments of Superman. Even when they did something like Lois and Clark, he's talking to Lois. He's like, oh yeah, I know a good place to get Chinese, and he goes to fl- he flies to China, gets authentic Chinese food, and brings it back to the office for everybody. Right. Or when he wants to go have dinner with his family, he'll take time out of his day. <laughs> To go back to Kansas and have dinner with his mom. Yeah. But do you think that one reason that Batman, as as they say, is more relatable is because an actual... everybody wants revenge? Well, no, so well, it's that, a catharsis. But... So yeah, everybody I mean, wants I would, a bajillion gazillion dollars. Yeah, I, 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 I think yeah, so because Clark it's... is not making big money. Everybody being wants a to be, but, 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 everybody wants to be Clark Kent in their public 
uh, persona, and then everybody personally wants to be Batman. Oh, I wouldn't mind being to Bruce just Wayne beat either. the shit up. Well, yeah. So what you're I, saying is everybody that, wants to be Superman in the no, streets and Batman in the streets. I said, re- relatable, relatable is such a right stupid the term. Wrong. Because, yeah, it's, it's, well, yeah. I'm not going to be Superman tomorrow. I'm also not going to be Batman tomorrow. But do you think it's also this could be like, the, oh, you, can, you could be Batman. This idea, like, well, you could be Batman if no, you want. You no, you can't. Because my parents weren't millionaires who then invested enough money to be billionaires. Yeah. I don't own my own He's company. Not, uh, I'm not going to take seven years of my life to go and train in the Himalayas and become an effing ninja. <laughs> but if you were a kid, Bruce. But then again, Bruce were, is also a savant as well in the DC continuity. He's among the top five smartest people on the planet. Yeah, yes, and that's not you know he that's, trains his mind to be as such. But, but yes, he, he takes advantage of his gifts. But yeah. it's like you know, Mister Terrific, Lex Luthor, and Batman are the top three people, and that's also because like, well, Mister Terrific, you know, he's they're all people who have like that savant. They're a genius. They can retain knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's like I can't do that. Batman, you know, those three characters are the guys who'd be like, I remember 17 weeks ago at 1.32 p.m. when you said this, man. And those but are those characters. Batman is the most believable character that could be an actual real person. I don't think so, person. because you if know, you had, they're vigilantes and none of them are, you know, have In terms of just heart. punching. Punching, yeah. If you had a billion, trillion dollars. Seattle or some shit. You were you were Bill Gates' son, and you you know Bill Gates gets killed, and you decide you know what I, I really want to take revenge out. You know I have all this money now. I'm going to get myself very. But the trained. thing is, it's also you gotta remember it's not revenge. That's true. It's, it's not vengeance, it's, but it's, it's not it, vengeance. It's I think people identify with the base nature his, of Batman. Yeah, what he wants to do is to try and get to a point, and he knows it's unwinnable. He wants to try to get to the point where this doesn't happen right. to anybody else. He's a protector. He wants to make sure. The Punisher is revenge. The Punisher is, I'm going to go kill everybody who even would come within a billion steps of doing what happened to my family. Right. Batman is more of, I just want to protect my city. I just want to make sure that, that mom and dad and, and the kid can walk home from the theater and make it back to their apartment without being, without being murdered, without being accosted, right. without being robbed. The Punisher is very proactive in his war on crime. Yeah. Batman is... Basically, a band aid on a on the problem, but I, I would agree. People identify with identify with not so much Batman, but they identify with the themes of Batman of protection and wanting to be safe, and also wanting you know like and also now of being and, the buzz, smartest guy in the room. Yeah, and, and I mean, and I'm going to use the buzzword power fantasy, but you know, people want the ability. I mean, that's with all characters though in a fantasy setting is a character who can who can get out there and do the job. Everybody wants to be the hero. Right. And, I mean, that's something that all superheroes are to everybody who enjoy them, is that, you know, it's like, yeah, wouldn't it be nice if my problem could be solved, you know, you know, with going to the Bat computer and taking some time out of my day, or being, you know, having that moment, you know, being Lex Luthor who can build a suit, or, you know. So it's it's fascinating. And I think that's what people identify with. He's, He's like James Bond. Everybody wants to have the money. Everybody wants to get the girl or the guy. Everybody wants to, you know, get the accolades. Mm-hmm. And the problem is that Batman is a character that doesn't want that. It's just sort of the side effect of what he does. People love him, but he doesn't care. And I've always sort of seen Batman as a guy who very much on that Asperger's spectrum of Asperger's. Ooh. Yes, he's got the Asperger's. <laughs> he he they're in the back of the, of the utility mode. It's like pocket uh-huh. seven. Each cheek, you know. You know, and I like you know. There's a char- like Bruce Wayne. At least for me, when I read interpretations of him, is like you know, Catwoman's always chasing him down. But I see Bruce Wayne and Batman as characters. Like, even though he has sex with women, 
He's a character that like does he? Does he really? Well, I see. I've always seen him as sort of asexual well, too. The new Fifty Two started out right away with it, <laughs> right? Well, even the the Frank Miller. But I've always seen him as a character that that does it because it's what's expected of him. Yeah. If he could literally, yeah, definitely was not a part of his persona pre like mid to late nineties. Right. They're like, ah, we can finally put this in comics again. Right. And but it's the idea that like if he could completely wall himself off as Batman and never take that suit off. That's a character that Batman would be. That's that's the more kinkier Batman. So, who do you think has been the best writer for Batman? Paul Dini. It's hard. I mean, if you're taking all incarnations, yeah, yeah, that's, that's to me. I, I think, you, yeah, you've got Paul Dini, and for me, it would be Frank Miller because he just redefined it. Mm-hmm. Chuck Dixon too is just a, a solid detective Batman Robin run. I thought he got that universe on a on a very basic issue to issue day to day level. Yeah, he was one of the better ones too, and I had actually written more Batman pages than anybody in history. No, no, there's one person ahead of him, but it was, he's like the second one. Well, Snyder's got to be getting close to that because he's been doing say... no, no. Snyder's written the most words <laughs> <laughs> and the few sendings. Yeah, no, I've Do said you... that I've I've also liked Snyder stuff too. Yeah, his Batman, uh, his uh, for me when he had uh, Dick Grayson take over. Oh, Batman, that black that Black Mirror Black, black Mirror, Mirror Year easily the is best thing amazing. He's done for Batman. His his Court of Owls is good. The two Joker stories are fantastic. The year zero or zero year zero year was is long, really long. If you cut out the middle, they would have just had it in the you know the Gotham shut down the Riddler. If it was just the Riddler stuff, I think it would have been fine, right? And the story now of you know this is Bruce spoilers janitor Bruce. Well, no, Bruce is an amnesiac who Alfred says you lost your parents and everything turned out to be fine. Yeah. This is the Bruce that Bruce always wanted to be or some stuff like that. And it's just. So they did that story in Batman the Animated Series, actually. Yeah. Yes, they did. So for me, it's Deanie and, and, and yeah. Miller. Yeah, easily Deanie for me. And his Batman, Deanie's Batman detective. It's good stuff. Though. You know, four traits that I that they seem to never want to reprint. Black Casebook or whatever. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I think like just the Bat, like, I guess the, I guess the entire run was just Batman detective. And I'd love an oversized collection or two volumes of like all four or five trades put together. Yeah, it seems odd that they don't. Okay, so as far as villains, because Batman has probably one of the best rogues gallery of all comic book heroes. Um, where who would you say is the your favorite villain? I always love Mister Freeze, and it's part of it's the backstory. Well. The, the pre New Fifty Two backstory, like, yeah, because New Fifty Two backstory just totally ruined. Paul Dini uh, created yeah. that backstory for Batman and um, recently transplanted. And I love, I love the design work for him. And yeah. that's it's, from a purely visual standpoint. I love the different takes on what Mister Freeze looks like. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. It just looks cool. I mean, nothing's ever going to beat the Schwarzenegger ice suit with the, <laughs> the spikes and stuff. Powered by diamonds. Yeah, yes, it was. Because you know, diamonds are ice. You know, because you know, they're made out of ice. No, they're not. Um, so because all the rappers, they I call think, it I ice. think the, to me, the most interesting villains is Mr. Freeze and, and Two Face because of his past as Harvey Dent. Yes, he's always been a fascinating villain to me, Ethan. Well, I'm judging off going off what the animated series was, and it's Clayface, obviously, but uh, Clayface. just in in general, I've <laughs> always drawn been drawn to the Joker as a villain. What about you, Sebastian? Mr. Freeze. And Clayface, they're my they're my two uh, most uh, because I, one I've always wanted to see a Clayface like a uh, Batman movie done in the style of John Carpenter's The Thing with Clayface. Mm. 
Yeah. And that would be amazing. And Mr. Freeze, because I think he, especially what Paul Dini did with him and then they transplanted into the comics, was so good for a villain. Because the Joker, it's like, well, he has the killing joke. We have a good origin for him. But he's still, I mean, you know, up until you get to that point where it's like, well, he's very sympathetic until you sort of realize when he snaps, there's no redemption. Mm-hmm. But for Mr. Freeze, there's always that kernel of humanity left in Mr. Freeze that gets him to stop or Batman can at least convince him to change his mind on doing something. Right. Well, Mr. Freeze also seems... So, Batman, you're telling me to freeze? <laughs> Mr. Freeze also seems like he has the most moralistic... Reasons, reasoning, reasons for being right. a villain. At his most basic, he just wants to be human again and to save his wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's all you know. That's, but no, his wife doesn't exist. Yeah, and he was, and he was a psycho killer as a little kid. So psycho killer, and, Mikey, and he wears he wears sleeveless shirts to <laughs> show his. To show his biceps, his, his show my guns, yeah. his ice muscles. Yeah. I've got the big, big ice muscle biceps. I have no clue. <laughs> Mikey's really good I, with but these. I've never put any thought into any, any of that crap, really. Of uh, 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 favorites. Favorite villain? Mm-hmm. See, mine... <laughs> the wrong person asked for any of that type <laughs> of shit. Mine would probably be the Joker. Um, but then again, I... Because he's damaged? Yes, because he's <laughs> damaged. But That's actually true. He, he's ripped. <laughs> I, like how he, I like how he's written sometimes. Uh, I like Everybody the... Everybody likes how he's written sometimes. Well, I like the sociopath, you know, just, uh, you know, I'm going to murder you, and then I'm going to stand there over your body and laugh at you. You, you know? didn't read the Adventures of Superman story, did you? No. The one that Max Landis did. No, it's so good. It's so amazing, because not only is it a, a, you know, hey, this is why Superman rules, but it's also, in, through Superman, he's like, why does everybody like you? You realize the point is that we're not supposed to like you. Or right. the Joker. He's fighting the Joker. And he's like, you're just, you're just a psycho. There's, there's nothing redeeming there's nothing of you, behind so, you. Why is there a cult of the Joker? Like, why does anybody find this fascinating? Right. It's stupid. There's, you snapped and you killed people. That's all you are. The Joker as a character is very, very basic. Yes. And that's to me, like, it, it's, Joker's a great character to use once in a while. It's like a Doomsday thing with Superman. Doomsday's never going to be a very fascinating character because he's got no backstory other than they built him in a lab so right. that he could kill Superman. He's a good character once in a while because it makes it very dangerous for Superman. Some of those big stories with the Joker, it's the Joker's the only one that could have killed Robin. Mm-hmm. If you have Two-Face or Mr. Freeze or Poison Ivy kill Jason Todd, it's a much different story because that raises everybody's stakes. And you're like, you, you right. know, what? Right. The Joker's yeah. the only one. You have that character exist for that very reason of when you had to do something very, very, very bad. When you had to put a phone call and say, hey, you know what? We're pretty sure that everybody hates this character. Do you want him to die? Oh, yes, you do. Wow, do you ever. That's who you use to kill him. Right. right. Especially well, the sad the... part about that story is, too, is that like the, like when the DC writers from that era talk about Jason Todd, completely unintentional to write him as like a snot-nosed brat. They just wanted the... to make him different from Dick Grayson. It was the, it's the Damien thing, too, yeah. where what they found to be fascinating with Damien making him so cocksure and so, you know, I, I'm doing this the right way. He's Jason Todd 2.0. And everybody hated Damien until you get to the Batman and Robin where he's with Dick. Right. And Grayson. Um, <laughs> where I'm glad it, you had to put yeah, that in there. But he starts Batman's to open Dick. up as, he gets, as, as, as Grayson is treating him differently going, look, I'm not your dad. I'm not the Batman. I understand. You're having a tough time. This is hard. 
You think you know how to do this. Maybe you don't. And yeah. if you do, let's find out if we need. And so they bring that together. They just had the, the newest Grayson issue is Grayson revealing to all the other Bat characters that he's still alive after Final Crisis. And everyone's like, you know, you're a, you're a dick. Um, not only are you named Dick, but you're a dick for doing it. Except Damien, who sees him and immediately puts his arms around him and says, I was hoping you'd make it back. I never really believed that you were dead because you're amazing. Yeah. And you're still my favorite Batman ever instead of my dad, <laughs> you know, but it was that, that relationship that made Damien so much more human too. And the fact that, I mean, it also helps that he died too. Yeah. As part of that story. See, and I, I would have said Harley is one of my favorites, but or my favorite, because I loved the way that they, that she was originally portrayed, you know, she, she came about, she fell in love with the Joker through, you know, the, the story of her being a doctor yeah, and that's, everything. That's Paul Dini. Yes. Um, I think they've I gone way too far find with her now. That story, the Paul Dini story, to also be a reflection of the audience. Yes. Oh yeah. Of that <laughs> of what I was just talking about. That idea that you just look at her and go, "Wait, what? Why yeah. do you love him so much? Because I can. Because he's just so crazy and he's he's weird. He's damaged. I like him. You're, like, yeah. no, you're not supposed that's to like good. him. That's not, yeah, right. exactly. So well, it was very much reflection. <laughs> Have you ever seen that? That there's that long meme. It's like it's it's Lois and Clark, and she's and it's like she loves him because he's strong. Yeah, Catwoman and, and Batman. She loves him because he's mysterious. And they go through it's like Flash, Green Lantern. You know, she loves him because he's witty. She loves him because he's creative. And then it's Harley and Joker, and says, and then there's this crazy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You just read it all the way through, and you're just like, she loves him because he's strong. She loves him because he's mysterious. She loves him because he's witty and funny. She loves him because he's creative. She loves him in Aquaman. She loves him because he cares for his people. And then there's this crazy bitch. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I don't know. I just love that one. Harley was also one of the very first characters that was created outside of the comic books. Yes. Uh, uh, Egghead, hello. <laughs> <laughs> we can't get Mr. Freeze on this show, but we have Vincent Price playing Egghead. So, um, Don't be afraid to use your nails, like boys. <laughs> well, well, okay, that's what I like about the Max Landis when, like, because Max Landis <laughs> talks about, like, super, like, he, like, a couple of years ago, he, like, on a social uh, media in his blog, he talked about, like, Superman and what he'd always wanted to do with him and talked about sort of the failings of them trying to do all these Superman movies. And it sort of came to a head with Man of Steel when he just, he didn't necessarily, like, sort of wink and a nod. Everybody's like, I'm talking about Man of Steel. Let me talk to you about how Superman should be. And then. Somebody at DC had the brilliant idea to like, all right, man, put your money where your mouth is. We're going to stick you on Superman Adventures. Tell your story. How? Tell us why you're so great at writing Superman. And he pumps out, like, like just two solid issues of just this amazing, like, here's why Superman is a really good guy. And here's why you liking the Joker is really weird. <laughs> yeah, not only, not only does he use that experience to write a, a, an amazing uh, Superman story, but also... Uses it as a way to kind of de- de- decry this this cult of the Joker sort of thing, which is which is fantastic. So, your favorite non Batman character in the Batman universe? So, everyone but Batman. Yeah, everybody favorite? but Batman. Okay. Probably, I'd probably just go with the villain, Mister Freeze. Yeah. Um, on the other side, would probably be Grayson because of the way that they they allowed him. Before everything had to had to absolutely exist in this bubble, and nothing can ever change. They allowed Grayson to become a different. You know, he becomes Nightwing. He becomes this 
father figure to all the other Robins. Mm-hmm. That's um, Grayson's my favorite as Nightwing. Grayson's also. I mean, Grayson was also the one of the ones who enjoyed being a hero. Right. The oh. Nightwing series that that Dixon and McDaniel started, especially, you can kind of see when he goes to Bloodhaven, and it's just. It's just so much fun. It's just a really fun sort of thing. He's like, I, I get to be, this is cool. Yeah. I get to be this awesome hero and, and do these things, and, and I have a lot of fun with it. That hot redhead over there likes me. I mean, Joe, she's in a wheelchair. <laughs> Barbara Gordon pre-New 52 for me is like, it was a really, like a really strong character because like she goes through something like The Killing Joke and has a really long history with Batman, but then is able to overcome it and overcome her disability mm-hmm. and become sort of the eyes over Gotham and... And becoming almost an equal to Batman. No, I, I, I like her as Oracle, too. And, I, and then they sort of brought her back in the New 52 with, like, oh, she just got better. Like, well, you don't really just get better from yeah. from And then they kind of didn't, and they kind of did. I, I thought there was a lot of characters in the Batman universe that they allowed to, to change. And, and their change. roles were replaced. Mm-hmm. The role of Robin is replaced. Yeah. But... Each Robin is different. Even when they brought Jason Todd back in the worst way possible, because the original way they were going to do it was amazing. Um, you allow these 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 progressions, and, and you start to look at it and see that you know Batman's the constant. The way that Bruce right. is as Batman is pretty much the constant. He goes through these phases where he's a little more forgiving. He go through these phases where he's a little more, you know, connected to everybody that's there. But you know, the the, the woman who was Batgirl became Oracle. The mm-hmm. the guy who was Nightwing becomes uh, or, I'm sorry, the guy who was who was Robin. Robin becomes Nightwing. The other Robin, once he comes back, becomes the Red Hood. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what it like as much as like people like people really like Cameron Stewart's run on Batgirl, but that for me is a complete like I think like as as much money as it's making because it's sort of playing to like the teen crowd and you know they're dressing it up and yeah it was colors. it was t- instead of creating a new character like what they ended up doing with with um uh, Cassandra is they made a new Batgirl character who Completely was fascinating right. on her own, and then they took away the most important thing about her very quickly, which was super, super stupid. But she became a cult favorite. You have someone like Stephanie Brown who mm-hmm. became who eventually gets to the role of Robin, then gets it taken away, gets to the role of Batgirl, and becomes and super erased. popular. Yeah. And then it's well, you know, we're going to do this new Fifty Two thing, and instead we can't. No one's going to really understand. Because Barbara Gordon was Batgirl in right. 1966, we have to make sure that's still there. Right, and for me, like the Cameron Stewart run, like she's basically sort of become a mouthpiece for his political ideologies, and that's neither here nor there. And I won't make any sort of comments towards them. <laughs> no, and, and it's not not that I don't not that I don't align with him, but I also don't feel like 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 using a character like Batgirl to completely revert her character into essentially a teenage girl again was it's, the it, way it, to go about it. If they had done a new Batgirl with, like, in that sort of style, sure. But it's like, to follow the journey of Barbara Gordon and to have her work so hard and overcome so much to suddenly become 21 again. Yeah, and, 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 have especially to, and have after, to remind people in every issue that she is older than she looks. Right. I mean, every issue is, there's some line of, yeah, I know I look like I should be in high school, but I'm really, you know, right. A, a Do you think that graduate. they should have just done it as like a Robin and I should have, no, I, I, I wouldn't mind if they had. I, honestly, the new Fifty Two should have been Barbara Gordon as Oracle and Stephanie Brown as, as Robin. Yeah, and you, and easily you could have d- taken the book that they have now. And with, you're basically you you yeah. would have done a second Batman type, but you would have done it in this in the vein of Batman Beyond, mm-hmm. right? Of her being the. The mentor. The, the mentor who is unable to do the job that she wants to do physically, but is able to go through. That's all Birds of Prey was. Birds of Prey was 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 Barbara going, 
Well, I can do all the computer stuff, but when someone needs to go get their face punched in, I can't do it. Right. right. Um, excuse me, back clearing. Come here. Come here. Right. Come here. Come here. Go punch that guy right now. Yeah, okay, and, cool. Yeah, and that's that's you know, you know, especially after Gail Simone's pretty stellar run on that book, sort of like, okay, I understand why you decided to use Barbara Gordon again and making it, you know, very rough and tumble, bringing it back to like, well, it's still a very adult book with a lot of adult themes and her dealing with like, you know, like I have to be a superhero again. I was in a wheelchair for years. And then sort of like, again, like stop all that. It's like, we're like, they were clearly drawing her older, you know, late twenties and to make it so like, Oh, she's a teenager now, or at least she has the personality of a teenager and everything has bright colors. And it's just so, it's such a jarring change. Mm -hmm. And it feels very disrespectful to the, the character and what they did with her to try and sort of yeah, like to okay. me it's it's making Dick Grayson Robin again right like why yes. would why go through the last thirty years of this of developing not only the Nightwing persona but the way that that Dick Grayson has changed and all of a sudden throw that all away just so he could put on the the pixie pants again you know, right it just right. doesn't make any no, sense no that that's the perfect way to say it it it, is, it would have been like taking Dick Grayson where he is now and suddenly doing an issue right after a really good run and going it's like well he's Robin again yeah and. Yeah, he's like thirty, but he's he's really like eighteen. He, like he's really just we're just drawing yeah, him. Yeah, and, and all of a 19. sudden we're gonna throw away all the ideas that that Dick and and Bruce are much closer to each other now. Yeah, that yes. Grayson is you know he's he's made himself into more of of a detective of more of you know doing the the, the background work and that type of stuff. But then also being a different physical fighter than than Bruce, but he's able to hold his own just mm -hmm. like Bruce would. I mean, in, in different styles, but Bruce and it got to the point where they were saying Bruce and, and Grayson are pretty close, right? You know, the, the, in terms of their martial arts, it's a different style, but they would be able to handle you know a dozen people in a warehouse doesn't really phase either of them, right? Mm -hmm. It's like it'd be like if the next Winter Soldier series was Bucky back to pre Ed Brubaker, G Willikers cap. Gee Willikers. And everyone would be like, what oh, the? No, what I want that? that series now. How Gee Willikers, stay back. <laughs> Why does he have a non-robot arm? Why is he That's when Rich would disown him right there. <laughs> oh, no. Well, see, he got damaged, and so now I really like... Yeah, that's that. That's that's for me what, like, like, and that, like, no disrespect to Cameron Stewart. It's not that he's not a good writer, and it's not that the book isn't good for what it is. But it's, no, it's 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 a book. I've been reading it mostly for the art. Yeah, because the art's absolutely gorgeous. Babs yeah. does an amazing job on that. But book. I definitely, it's it's not the same character, and I don't think it should have been. And, right. and again, I thought they had a chance here to introduce someone like Cassandra Cain, or if you're going to redo yeah, or it, or Stephanie Brown, and like if they had made if that had been a Stephanie Brown book people would have fallen in love with Stephanie Brown all over again. She yeah. got really popular and she kind of was that character. Well, and everybody had her wanted her to come. Once the new 52 started, everybody was wondering when Stephanie Brown coming back, when Stephanie Brown, right, where's back. Cassandra Kane? What yeah. happened? You said that all these people existed and then yeah. took it away. It's like, yeah, so that like, very, that very short run from Brian Q. Miller yeah. is fascinatingly awesome. Yeah. And oh, it, yeah. it's just a shame that it doesn't really, I mean, it's, it's really hard to get now. It's not reprinted and it's mm. not in print anymore. Okay. So, sucks. It also has the most meta of all New Fifty Two or pre New Fifty Two endings. Yeah, where it's like where Stephanie's on the rooftop and she says, "It only doesn't." It's just like if it if you're bothered by the change, that's kind of like your fault. It, it doesn't mean this yeah. goes away. You know, it only it, what is it only goes away if you want it to or something yeah. like that. And then yeah. she just goes off into the and sunset. Then they, and then they never reprint her book ever again. Yeah. <laughs> and it really does go away. So no digital. I'm so glad I trapped those down. As yeah, as no digital, no trade paperbacks. <laughs> just like it's like, oh, it's only uh, it's only gone if you want it to be gone. Okay. Hey Dan, what do you think about Stephanie? Who? who? I, don't, I don't know who you're talking about. 
There's a character that doesn't exist. Oh, we're going to bring her back. She's going to be the uh, Blue Robin Beetle thing, uh, whatever, the, whatever her name is. Oh, God. Um, going to introduce her in Batman What's a Cassandra Eternal. Kane? And she's going uh, to be crazy. Keep sending those waffles, <laughs> Stephanie Brown fans. I will do so if you do to bring her back to normal. <laughs> But now she's blue, 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 blue bird, blue bob, blue. Nah, nah. The tweet. Send the waffles. She's the tweet. Keep sending she's waffles. the tweet. She looks like the little tweet <laughs> symbol. She's the tweet. Does she even like waffles anymore? I don't even know because that was that was her thing before. Like the sort of funny thing, like her favorite food was waffles, and now in the new fifty two, because she's like super edgy. Are waffles too too kitty? No, I think, I think she likes boba, boba and, tea, and like yeah, ramen noodles. <laughs> I can only buy them at a ramen street corner store. So the the future of Batman. What do we think is going to – do you think he's going to keep the hype up or do you think – Well, he gets older and then this kid named Terry McGinnis comes in and starts to – Terry who? <laughs> no, there's a Batman Beyond book. Yeah. He put him back Batman, in his own time. Batman Beyond does fit into it. I, I like Batman, Batman Beyond. A lot of people like Batman Beyond. I never got into Batman Beyond, but I know – So the current Batman Beyond is uh, – well, Wasn't that conversion? Tim Drake. Oh, that is Tim Drake now. Yeah, they, they erased all of the Terry McGinnis Batman Beyond ah, to make it Tim Drake. That's right. Yep. Pre-New 52, it was Terry McGinnis. Well, Terry McGinnis in this too, because oh, uh, the future's end is Terry. Is Terry? But then oh, when they did, yeah, post convergence, the number one is is is, uh, is Tim Drake. Is Tim Drake? So they sort of erased Terry after convergence, or like. shunt, or shunted him off into his own universe. So does Red Robin exist, or is that just in the present now? No, in the present he's still Red Robin. Mm-hmm. In the future, he's Batman Beyond. Red Robin. Future. Red Robin. Yeah. So. Red Robin. Nearing the future, we have Batman versus Superman in the movie theaters. I'm Batman. And they cut out a lot of Superman to make it a Batman movie. Yes, they did. I'm not allowed. I'm not going to allow him to be in my movie. Um, Who's your favorite newsy clerk? When you first saw... Which newsy did you base your character on? When you guys first saw Ben Affleck as being named as Batman. You lost your goddamn I was mind. one of the people on the internet that you lost my shit, too. screamed I, I lo- like a little I, well, bitch. I, I, I lose my temper with some things, like Ghostbusters. What? <laughs> Ghostbusters, like... The new origin of Captain Cold. <laughs> new origin of Captain Cold, awful. That's the first time, like, working with Sebastian for a few years, and Sebastian's very, you know, very kind of even keel... I don't see him get too high. I don't see him get too low. He went I, get little, tri- I get my he, triggers. He went through a lot of shit. A lot of shit. Doesn't phase him. Just does his job. We get the new Captain Cold figure from the New 52, which changes his origin to him being a superpower. He's a metahuman. Man. He's a metahuman. So we get the figure. I put it on the shelf. <laughs> Sebastian sees it and is like, fuck Captain Cold. <laughs> fuck that goddamn Captain and Cold. I, I, and just starts pacing. And I'm like, what? What is wrong? And he tells me the story of how much he hates the new Captain Cold because they took away the most interesting thing about him is that he built his own gun or, or yeah, stuff like and that. And thank goodness Jeff brought him back. When yeah, he one, did. one of the few things they did. Yeah, they, yeah one Jeff, of the conversions um, tie-ins. Not that convert. They did it for uh, that uh, the the series where the you know they kidnapped Dick Grayson. Uh, the title's escaping me. That eight issue miniseries. Like, yeah, but, uh, not convergence. I'm sorry. Um, uh, futures. Uh, futures. No. Forever evil. Forever God. evil. And that was the one thing I, I absolutely. Yeah. They, they have they, the evil version of Firestorm remove the gene genes. out of him, so he has to build. And, the and so he has. And it's like, it's like thank you, uh, Leonard Snart, being smart again <laughs> and building his own cold guns <laughs> and just and and then being a badass because they have that great moment like an issue or two later. Where he's like, it's like, it's like, well, you're gonna shoot me with a gun. It's like, well, it's not a, it's not like Mr. Freeze's cold gun. Let me distract you while I explain that it really stops all molecules and they freeze to absolute zero. And then in that moment, he freezes Johnny Quick's legs off. I think in that issue, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like, 
That is the Captain Cold I love. Thank so you, So in the Jeff. Flash TV series, are you happy or upset? Because he didn't actually build his gun. Well, he, he I mean, but he still, he, he still feels like the Leonard Snart, like the really smart, you know, sure his costume, like they gave him a darker color, but he's still wearing uh-huh. the parka, and I appreciate that. And he that has so somewhat much. of the glasses. I wish they would give him, like, the dual, like, cold gun pistols, because that would just make him even more badass to be in, like, Mexican yeah, standoffs with people. Gatling gun looking. You, but yeah, he's got, like, like, sort of the... like that Mr. Freeze gun from, like, yeah, Batman I don't, and I don't Robin. like that design at I all. I wish he had the two pistols, but I appreciate that, like, he's a cool character. It's closer to the original. Do you like the yeah. fact that he's going to be more of a... a Good guy. He's yeah. always. They've always teetered him on that. He's always the, the, hero. The the, the rogues. The the Flash rogues gallery has always been that. that well, that's I, one of the things. What I did like the was during the <laughs> when they kill when they cart when um when Bart Allen dies. That's one of the things the rogues like. Whoa! This is what too just far. what just happened because it was someone in the group. It's like whoever would it be like the heat wave character or whatever the guy who was really. The rest of the rogues are kind of turning, you know, bringing him back towards the, the, the middle. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember what happens when Bart Allen dies. I remember the fallout from it is the other rogues going, "We didn't, dude. This we is, are. This is dope. What did you do? Yeah, they always, they never really killed anybody. You know, they put Central City into chaos. They stole a lot of stuff. They, but they were never people that would be like like Bruce's villains that would not really have a problem with if, killing if, a whole yeah, group of people. Yeah, if Gotham blows up. It depends on the villain. Mr. Freeze was never set out to kill anybody, really, but it just that's the way he found to be the easiest way to right. to do what, what he was doing. But anyway, yes. Do you guys ever think that the, they would what ever... What the hell did... was the question? <laughs> it was about the TV series, I was asking. Yeah, I know. Oh, we were talking about... Yeah, no, we no, talking about, what, like... no, way before that. What was the Batman question? Oh, because we were talking about... Uh, about uh... Favorite ben non Batman. Oh yes, that's yeah. what it was. And it was we're ben talking Affleck. about Batman, and it's like it's like no, I have the things that upset me, but but it's one of those things where it's like it, Batman. It's not this isn't the Christian Bale Batman. It's like every Batman's going to be different. But seeing the seeing more of the trailers and more of the, the images coming out, now, I also know I also know he can act versus Melissa McCarthy. Like <laughs> not so great. <laughs> Ghostbusters is going to kill you, isn't the it? Thing, the no, thing here's with... the thing. I'm not even going to go see it. Yeah, so you understand. And that's easy enough to be like, it's like, nope, I'm good. I'll just be at home. People who rent TMNT, even though they know it's going to yeah, yeah, it's like, it's like, no, I'll just put on original Ghostbusters or some of the cartoon and be happy. Does that and cartoon, does, like, is there a collection of the cartoon? They somewhere? did, yeah. They did a, they did a complete series. You could probably, I think they, once they, they first put it out as a collection and then they did individual volumes. I gotta watch that. The fr- I'd love that. If you're going to watch it, the first 70 episodes, because that's when J. Michael Straczynski is the showrunner who inevitably quit. But, what? She never quits anything. <laughs> he never quits anything. But no, like those first seventy episodes are for a walk. are really solid stuff. <laughs> oh no, I loved I loved that series when I was there, yeah. and, and it, because it felt like a natural continuation of the movie. I thought yeah. they thought they nailed the characterization really mm-hmm. well. Look, yeah. I bought Slimer as a good guy, and I thought it was the dumbest thing when I first saw it. Like, why is why would they have a ghost who's like a friend? Because he's not he's not malicious. But it's also exactly. it's also a weird thing with the show because it was co-produced by a Japanese animation studio. So when they did Slimers, like you know, in like Japan, they tend to have like that pet or that like yeah. sidekicky character who's non-human. They threw that in. It's very cool stuff. I mean, the animation's really good. Those well, the animation's amazing for seventy episodes. I think, um, I think TMS did the animation maybe. in Japan. Yeah. So, but uh, the thing, okay, what, not the, even Sigourney Weaver's going to save it for you. No, because she, she's not playing Dana Barrett. They've all said they're not playing the characters from those movies. That's that. That's what they've said. And um, <laughs> so the, 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 the Ben Affleck thing. Yeah. Yeah. You. Wow. You lost your mind. I still, having, I still remember because we did we did storage that day, and we pull in, and it's like seven o'clock in the morning. I get out of the car, and I'm screaming, "Ben Affleck is Batman!" I 
and I'm just running around in quarters and yeah. corner in, in circles, yeah. like yelling at Mikey, going, "You don't understand. The world is over. Ben Affleck is Batman. You don't understand the guy who directed gone. Argo and starred in Argo. You don't See, understand. He was I've a Daredevil. Said. He was in Daredevil like years ago. Oh my god. The problem with it is everyone that I'm looking at is like, he can't play Batman. He's too old. It's not that Batman. No, and right. they already said right away that they were skewing older. For that was him. the stupidest thing. I'm like, it all depends on how you write Argo, the character. What's his his heist movie that he did right after Argo? Also amazing. The Boston one. Yes. The town. The town. The town. Also so good. That town so is so good. I love that movie. Any movies that he he directs in, he directs and writes. He's, he's good in Gone he's Girl great. too. He, he's great in. When he has to carry the movie himself, that's when. You, but he, he doesn't has a because Batman has to run the movie. That's. I mean, it's look. If you're gonna have a problem with this film. Batman, Super- I Batman, think, yeah, I Batman think versus that, Superman. Ten years ago, when Daredevil came up, yeah, I would understand your concerns because he had also done that Pearl from Harbor Mora. at the time. But this is this Pearl Harbor is amazing. What are you talking about? Four and a half hours to get to four four minutes of action. Yeah, it's four minutes of action. But no, the only thing I remember about Pearl Harbor is when I spilled my soda and realized I'm going to be sitting here for another like two hours, and I've spilled my soda <laughs> all over me. <laughs> it spilled, and I just remember looking at like, well, that happened. That's great. I don't know what to do now. Um, if you're going to have a problem with Batman versus Superman, it's not going to be because Batman. Yeah, it's not going to be Batman. No, I it's going to be that it's written terribly. Zach that it's going to take it's nine Snyder. hours because it's going to. If they show the origin again, can you imagine how much slow mo he's going to use? It just starts on Krypton again. <laughs> no, no, the, the, the Batman's <laughs> the, origin. Yeah, there's that too. The bullet going towards Thomas Wayne. I mean, <laughs> minute long scene. You had Zack Snyder basically do 85 minutes of Krypton because you're like, well, we got a whole bunch of money. Yeah. What, what do you want to do? I can't wait. To, I mean, the, the anybody Joe see Chill, Avatar? Joe Chill is going to have like 45 hey, he's guns. He's already said he wants to go back and do a prequel uh, Superman that's only on Krypton. Because he saw Avatar. That was Russell Crowe who wants to do that. <laughs> was it Crowe? Yeah, well, because yeah. Russell Crowe needs money. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's a job. But no, it's the... It's the I punched the, another dude with a phone. I got <laughs> It's just so ridiculous because that, like, that opening Stick sequence my thumb is just like... Text text it's like, it's like <laughs> all right, guys. We all saw Avatar. We saw it made a billion dollars. If we put some Avatar in Superman, we're going to make a billion dollars. Okay, so let's wrap this thing up. Uh, one last question for Batman's going to be flying dragons. That's <laughs> what the... Hell yeah. There. That's awesome. That'd be awesome. It'll start out where the the whole Superman-Zod fight. Yeah, because they, yeah, yeah, they, they, they gave out. it away in the yeah. trailer with him saving the kid. Yeah. yeah, that's where it takes place. But it's not a sequel to that. Um, well, no, okay. Zack Snyder has said it's and Man of Steel 2. Yeah, he said but it is But then Man they've of gone Steel back too. and said this is not the sequel to Man of it Steel. Is, Zack it, because Zack Snyder keeps saying, keeps saying it's, that it's Man it of Steel It is the Man 2. of Steel sequel 2. Yes, but everybody else keeps saying it's not. 15 minutes of Superman, and that's the sequel to Man of Steel 2. So to wrap this up, one last question. If you had somebody that's Batman. never read or never seen or never really experienced Batman. You mean my job? <laughs> what's the one. one? What's the one thing Earth that one. you would tell them to? Earth one. Earth, Earth one. one. No, year one. Earth year one. one. No. Yeah. It's yeah. always. It's, it's always going to be year one. Year one. Ethan. Yeah. Earth one is good, but yeah, year one. Yeah. That's a comic mm-hmm. though. Like if if if, 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 you're, if you're saying if you're saying anything, you come up to me and go, I know this Batman character exists. I don't want to figure it out. I want to understand. Se- it. Season I want... one of Batman the animated series. That's say Batman mine, of the animated series. Uh, yeah, mine, mine. I would still give them. I'd still year give them one. Year but one. year one as well. Yeah, but Batman the animated series is like 
crash course on everything Batman because there's so much history. So, like, if you had to put a stack of stuff together, would you put Batman Year One, Batman the Animated Series, Long Halloween, which is a quasi sequel to Year One? Yes, because there's the tangents like Year One and then everything else, and then Year One and Dark Knight Returns mm-hmm. and Batman All Star Batman and Robin, and then Year One and Long Halloween. I mean, so in the, a way, you can do Year One, Long Halloween, and Dark Knight Returns because you have him starting out <coughs> really. As much as Long Halloween is about the killer, it's also about the rise of these supervillains, these right. crazy new things, right. and how it affects the Gotham of old that he's fighting in year one, which is the Falcones and right. the, the 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 other crime family that all of a sudden just totally escapes me. Um, Maroni, yeah, the Maroni family. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big part of Long Halloween. Then you go all the way to Dark Knight Returns, which is really what does Batman stand for? What does he do? I mean, the, the most telling thing in Dark Knight Returns is is the mutants and the way that when he defeats their He's in a tank. He just has to shoot this guy in the face, and he gets out and fights him hand to hand, and that turns the whole gang into into his friend. Right. Yeah. So, now the, uh, Dark Knight Returns is the first th- book I've ever read of Batman. Then Killing Joke, and then Year One and Long Halloween. Right after, I always treat Killing Joke as the last Batman story. Would you put Killing Joke in in your give, in I your would, list of I, things for I somebody? Would, I would because it's it for me. It's it's I like as much as it's still like treated as continuity part of me like when i originally read it was long time ago but it was also one of the things where like when i read like when i first read it knowing that it was like oh it's kind of a standalone thing like for me that last that last set of panels is basically batman killing the joker mm-hmm. and the joker's cries are silenced in the night and then the sirens pick up and you know in the night. it's the the killing joke it's the joker's <laughs> last for me, and it's that one thing where you sort of see like that, like this is the final confrontation, and I treat it like uh, I would treat uh, whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow, which is Alan Moore's closeout to Superman, right? And they're sort of that same set of stories of like, I mean, not whatever happened to the Cape Crusader. Neil Gaiman's very bizarre and un- very understandable, weird. <laughs> okay, weird. so one last thing, real quick. Um, we're going to build a Batman time capsule. Let's say each of us is going to put in one thing of Batman. Go, let's go around the table. Chris, Batman, what, what's, Batman himself. what's the one thing you'd put in? It's your one. Your one. Ethan? Animated series. Sebastian? Hmm. The one. rest of the animated series. Yeah, the rest <laughs> of uh, that's, that's The new, new Adventures or whatever the second series. In a time capsule. In a time capsule. Like, like you want to know about Batman and mm-hmm. Wikipedia. Um, no, I, I probably throw in, I probably throw in like, like, probably like a Batman, like a, like a, like through the years, like a, collection of like the toys because that's been a huge part of batman yes. is his marketability as a character where does he get all those wonderful toys, toys? yeah probably, probably history of batman like toys and media long halloween long halloween. well then that leaves me with i have to put in batman 66 DVDs you because have to no but you would that needs to be in there too it's debatable put a flash drive of batman 66 well, it's the, I think that, I mean, the... It's a, it's a very important part of Batman. It is. I'm it's, not debating its yeah. importance. Yeah, that, but that would be... That would, yeah, I could, I could see that. I could see that, because it, it kind of gives you a good Why picture. Why doesn't Batman... So, and I'm going to say, if everybody's, whoever's made it through this episode, episode, if you want to give us a, let us know on Facebook or iTunes or something what you would put in the Batman time capsule. And for that, I'm going to say we're going to see you guys later, so... Stay tuned to the same bat time, bat station. 
Same bad times. So you had that time. in your head the whole time. No, I didn't. And you screwed up the rest of it same to get to that. Time. No, I didn't. So I'm going to see you guys later. Time. I'll tell you that later we'll see you. No, I just thought same, of that as I was same saying Same time, it. bat. Bat time. Same bat time. Bat Check us out on Facebook, bat slash And on Twitter, we're at Nerdable Show. Will Batman save Robin? I will say this. Most disappointing thing in both the Gotham TV series, besides the fact that it sucks, and Christopher Nolan's movies, is that Commissioner Gordon does not have a revolver. Yeah. Yeah. I was so mad at that. I thought it's Gordon the, should always have a revolver. It's, yeah. Well, it, it come, it's, it's that Frank Miller, like, that, like, you know, Captain Gordon, you know, being, like, a low-level cop. So he's got, like, just a, just a regular six-shooter. He doesn't have it in Batman Begins? No. No. He has, a, he has an automatic in, um, in Nolan's movies. Because for me, I love the idea with Gordon is totally he's got school. the old... Not only that it's old school, is that he never thinks he needs more than six rounds. Mm. Is that he has he has exactly what he needs. He never needs something. I'm not going to get into some all-out crazy war. I got six rounds. I can take care of this. I can fix... I, I don't need even need it. I need to finish my job in six rounds. If, yeah, I, if I, I don't, can't do it I don't in six rounds, it. it's more than it's I can more, handle. And, and it's just from a design aspect, from the idea of this is an old-school cop. Mm-hmm. You're talking about a guy who's incorruptible... Who's who cleans up the force, anything like that? I one of the things that I was really disappointed, really disappointed in the Nolan films is when he didn't have a revolver. I really wanted yeah. him to have just well, a, I, a, a police issue that that standard Colt Python, boom, and that's it. That would have been good. I, I mean, I, I talk about expectations when they first talked about Gotham, and they immediately said, "It's all oh, you get to watch Batman as a little kid." It's the like Patton Oswalt joke about Star Wars, where it's like, "Oh, you you love Darth Vader." We're gonna see him as a little kid, and you know it's like it's like oh, is he like a little Damien kid? No, he takes taken away from his mom, and he's really sad. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's like it's like oh, you like Boba Fett? You know, it's like oh, Boba Fett? Yeah, is he? It's like it's like well, you get to see his dad die, and he gets sad. He gets <laughs> his know. head cut off by the black man. Yeah, and it, it's like oh, you like the Death Star? Well, you get to see it at the end of the movie for three seconds being built. You know, and then it's like oh, I'm very sad. You yeah. know, it's like it's like you want some ice cream? Odd I voice there. I would like. <laughs> I would like some ice cream, George. And the jokes are finished. Like, like well, here's a big bag of rock salt. That's kind of yeah. <laughs> because yeah, it's like voice. I don't understand, George. It's like well, when you mix ice and cream, I'm and pretty sugar sure. I'm pretty sure salt, you said I don't understand, George, for a lot of films. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're just in the. Midi- I don't understand it, I don't George. Understand, so George. before we get into Star Wars, I'm going to say Too we'll late. see you next time. <laughs>